Hey, this old marketing listeners, did you know that StreamYard is the easiest way to create content right in your browser? You can multi-stream to your social media platforms, host a weekly show with special guests, create webinars, record podcasts with local recordings, create videos, and more. Much, much more. And they make it easy to brand and customize your videos inside the studio before you even go live. StreamYard is super popular with live streamers, video creators, YouTubers, and podcasters. With features like live streaming, webinars, local recording, screen sharing, and more, StreamYard makes it simple to get your professional and polished content every time. Every time, folks. Get started today for free at www.streamyard.com. Do it today. For your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 371 of This Old Marketing for Friday, April 14th. 2023. And with me, as always, well, is it really always? Is Yeah, it's mostly always, is my pal, my colleague, and a guy who hasn't been labeled state affiliate media by Elon Musk yet, Mr. Joe Polizzi. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be back, as, as you'll be able to tell quickly. I had a wonderful trip to London, uh, yeah, it sounds like you had friends, a hell of a trip I to London. About it, yeah. But I, but I yeah. did come back with a cold. And uh, uh-huh. is that what the is that what the kids call it these whatever, days? A cold? It's not COVID. I know that for sure because I did take a test, and it's not yeah. the flu. So, uh, but I, it's you know me and travel. It's sometimes my sign. I think they call it go. the pub. I think they call it the pub these days. Is what they call it. Well, we, hangover from the pub. It might have been. <laughs> A couple dozen pubs thrown in there. I don't know. Maybe that threw yeah, my yeah. defenses down. Uh, but anyways, I got on the plane, and then you know the sinuses just blew up. And by the time I got home, it was uh, it was like a Hitchcock movie. But okay, all right. I'm I'm re- but as they say, the show must go on. And I, uh, I at this point yesterday, I didn't think I'd be able to do the show because I had no voice at all yesterday. So I'm improving. Yeah. I have this voice. Yeah. And you travel, don't you? You're, you're just about to travel again, right? Yes. I have a big golf trip coming up, which so you, you were nice enough to squeeze, squeeze this in. Um, yeah, April was a, is an interesting month of travel for me. But anyways, I'm so excited. I wanted to talk to you about the, the trip, just specifically about football, which I'm talking about, you know. Real football, the not foot, our the foot, football. Yeah, the foot, yeah, the foot football. The foot side, football. Yeah, not the American football. And yeah. I was able to see my first two matches in person. We went, we actually landed, and courtesy of my friend John Burkhart, you know, you've, who you know, we've known forever. Of course, and, yeah. yeah. Um, and his association with Visit Rwanda, we were able to get a box up there and see Arsenal play Leeds, Leeds United, and it was everything I could have hoped it would be. And then later in the week, we just happened to go see West Ham play at um, at London Stadium. And I just, just randomly bought tickets online for this thing and ended up in the first row. Oh, wow. I, I had no, I didn't even know what I was buying. I, mean, I had no idea. And it was an incredible experience. But the one thing I wanted to tell you about, which I think would make NFL so much better is that the visiting team it all sits together and they're forced to sit together and they cannot commingle at all with the home fans. Yes. And yes. if you get if you happen to get tickets if you were rooting let's say you had the Arsenal match and you were with Leeds United and you bought, got tickets in the Arsenal section, you could not wear a Leeds jersey and you cannot root for them. And if you do, they could throw you out. Well, that's uh, yeah. I've heard this. I've heard this before, and it's and it's it, it's not for <laughs> it's it's not for the politeness. <laughs> Let's put it that way. The reason that rule exists is because of you know 
people getting seriously hurt. Oh, there's no doubt uh, about it. So <laughs> it's like going to a Philadelphia Eagles game, right? You just, you know, that they they sort of have that rule unofficially at at, uh, at Lincoln Stadium. That's funny. <laughs> you just you show up to a Philadelphia Eagles game in anything other than Eagles gear and you're really taking your life into your own hands. In but in both the matches, the I mean you go to an away match and you are up on your feet cheering the entire time, doing all the chants, all the songs. Yeah, it's a, it's like a full time job. I mean, you really got to keep your. And I was, I was impressed by everything. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm a relatively new fan of the sport. Like last three or four years, especially as Arsenal's gotten more popular and whatnot. But it's, uh, they do a lot of things. No alcohol into the stadium, into the bowl itself. You can drink alcohol outside in the concessions area. Um, right. But it's really smooth process Same reason, on by getting the way. In. Same reason for that. It's really, yeah. <laughs> Security's great. Like, they've got a lot of, maybe <laughs> maybe over the years they figured some things out. I was just I was just quite impressed by the experience. So, and of course, yeah, lots of pubs. It's, well, they take, it, they take it seriously there, right? You know, and there's the whole, you know, there's, there's also the... Uh, the 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 idea of membership right where you have a membership that gets you in rather than you know randomly buying you can still for some matches you could randomly buy tickets but there's that and i don't know maybe you know yeah i I, on an arsenal i do know yeah you have to if you want regular tickets the opportunity to buy tickets you have to become a member first and for arsenal red membership i think it's like 30 pounds a year or something and then you get the opportunity to get into a queue and they will tell you when you're allowed to buy your tickets for a particular match yeah so and you're not supposed to buy online but sometimes you just you just have to so it's more of who you i would know imagine yeah whether people will yeah. actually give up give up their tickets and whatnot but anyways we had a great time it was 60 and sunny in london the entire week so who knew we beautiful we picked oh the, beautiful we picked the best week to go and we did we hit all the pubs uh, we had some beautiful restaurants. We saw Windsor Castle. Uh, we did take a crazy train to Wrexham to go to the Turf Pub, which is connected to the Racecourse Stadium, where that you know Ryan Ronald Reynolds and Rob McElhenney's team, uh, Wrexham, and watched yep. that. And we talked with all the locals there. They thought we were completely nuts for taking a train from London to to Wrexham, and we absolutely were. <laughs> but it right. was it was super fun doing all these kinds. Of, we went to Richmond. And did the whole Ted Lasso thing, and sat on the bench, sure. and went to the pub, and it was kind of it was kind of nuts. But it was definitely a, a soccer slash football week. So it was no eighty for Brady, but it was it was a good week. You always you're gonna bring that up for the rest of my life. I gotta I gotta say this though, yeah. for as what being the marketer and the the merchandise fan that I am, and I know why they yeah. don't do it because they want to keep things very much London-esque the way that they always do and very traditional. But even when you go to Richmond, outside of maybe you can buy a hat here or a scarf over here, there's no place that you can get like Ted Lasso merch or AFC Richmond merch. Uh, Nobody's leaning into it from, oh, let's take advantage of this time and make money. Same thing at Wrexham. Wrexham. Like you can't, like you went to the pub, they're not, like we would have bought all the t-shirts at the pub. They didn't have any, you know, team shop was closed. What, you know, all those things. It's just, why uh, is that? Do you think, do you, do you, do you think that's just a cult part of the culture or is he, do you think that's, there's a certain, there's a certain sort of, you know, reservedness that they're trying to keep. I thought about it for Richmond specifically because I was like, well, maybe the folks at Apple or whoever owns the rights to that don't want to like open a store or license this material. But I know, I don't think that's the case. I think it's more of, this is our little, you know, this is the way we do things in Richmond. We want to keep it Richmond. We don't want to have all you visitors come in, but it was odd. We were, so we did the whole thing. We walked down the street where Ted Lasso supposedly lives and we sit on the bench and you could see the park. And then we went to the pub. It's, it's not set up anything like the pub from the show, but we go in there. Of course, yeah. 75% of the, it's packed and it's 11 o'clock and 75% of the people in there are Americans and they want their Ted Lasso merch and they can't find it. And they were very disappointed. And I was just surprised that nobody had opened a store or anything. I mean, even if the pub could do that, they would sell out all sorts of merchandise if they wanted to, but 
for yeah. some reason they decide not to, and I don't know the reason. I but I'm really curious. Well, I hear the that. show is not nearly as popular there as it is here. There, yes, uh, Rex. The same way with Wrexham. When we talked to some folks that were like, "Oh, you got your American millionaires that are coming in and they're trying to buy a championship in the National League." Well, right, you know, that's exactly, Wrexham. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it, it, I would say that it is not nearly as big of a deal. They're sort of warming up to it, and just because of the fact that they're getting so much visitor traffic. But if you were on the tourism board at, at Richmond. You, you would think you'd lean into this a little bit, right? I don't know. I would think so, yeah. No, I would think so. So You know, I mean, but it is the most English of responses to, to not lean into it, right? You know, there, 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 is a, there is a certain reservedness that is distinctly British that I can, I can understand it. Yeah, it was almost like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> like, yeah, why are well, you, you know. Like, yeah, I'll serve you a beer yeah. and I'll take your money, but don't stay long. No, they that's, were really that's everybody exactly, was super that's it. sweet. Yeah. But yeah. It was uh, it was just odd to see that. And you can you can see that there's like it, like the place at Wrexham. So we went to the bar at Wrexham. Great, great people there. And for I got four beers, it cost me eleven pounds. And I'm like, wow, we would have paid fifty pounds for a couple t shirts. You know? It's just they're working so hard selling cheap beer. Why not just add on something at a higher margin level? But that I don't know if that's the, <laughs> the marketer in me or what. So yeah. Anyways, how was your week? It wasn't in England, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had a lovely week. Um, you know, it was uh, it was a very busy week with uh, with work, um, and we finally have spring has sprung here in Los Angeles. So we definitely got outside because it's finally. It's going to sound so weird for LA, but it's finally stopped raining. So we actually had nice warm temperatures and sunshine. And so it was nice to actually get out. Um, yeah. It's so weird you saying that because I remember there were times when you said, well, we haven't had rain in 60 days or 90 days. Oh, no, no. We don't. We, it, it usually, by the, by the time this time of year rolls around, right, April, April 1st, April 2nd, it's, it stops. It just, you don't get rain again. For the rest of the year, it's that. I mean, literally. Not. I'm. I'm not. I'm not. It, that's not hyperbole. It's like it doesn't rain from April till about you know December, and so that to, the fact that we've gotten so much rain and everything's all the reservoirs are filled up and the snowpack is high and it's been it, it's the most rain we've gotten I think in they said like forty years and it's everybody's like super happy about it. The, you know, the hills are all green. We got the desert bloom going on now that so the flowers are flowering. It's it's just it's it's a it it reminds you like, oh, this is why I moved here, right? So it's it's absolutely spectacular. Wow, it sounds like an Emerson poem. This is very It is. It's very exciting. It absolutely <laughs> is like an Emerson poem. <laughs> Anyways, right. we we probably will keep this we, shorter. Yeah, just we need. I don't to make, know how long I've got, so here we go. Yeah, we're rolling the dice here with your show, so we we uh, we should we should get to it here. We do have a fun show uh, planned. Uh, a lot happened this week, and I'm just going to give you one guess into the one topic where everything did seem to happen, which is of course AI. Right? You can't surf your LinkedIn feed now without every post. Literally every post in my LinkedIn feed now is how AI is going to change everything. And we will talk a little bit about that. But first, we'll, what we'll uh, start the news with is, uh, can ByteDance turn lemons into lemonade? Uh, see what I did there? Um, and we'll talk about the new social media platform that seemingly everybody is talking about. Then we'll talk a little bit about Bud Light. Of course, they made some news, um, not for the horrific taste of their beer. I mean, I don't know anybody that's a huge fan of Bud Light, but suddenly everybody hates Bud Light. They're certainly not making friends with Kid Rock and Travis Tritt, which seems <laughs> like two people that I don't really care about. But nonetheless, they've made some headlines over the last week around their, uh, around their, their position on LGBTQ and trans uh, oriented uh, content. Uh, then we will talk a little bit about AI and Hank Green, the wonderful content creator Hank Green. He's worried about AI and the oncoming, oncoming he says, uh, AI invasion. And then we'll also talk about uh, if AI can actually defame you. Is it possible that they can actually defame you? A couple of new court cases coming up in Australia uh, that are actually quite interesting. Then we'll ha get into our rants and raves. I'm going to rant a little bit about, I know you'll be shocked at this, um, Twitter. No. 
So no. yeah, I'm back on Twitter and actually rethinking that a little bit now. So I have some stats from my feed that I think are just fascinating given the news uh, that has come out of Twitter in the last week. And then you will rave. Um, I know, again, it'll come as a shock. You're going to rave about Lin-Manuel Miranda, your burgeoning boyfriend. I know it was on the borderline uh, there, but yes. Yeah, um, yeah. So you'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, yeah, fun, fun, good show. This sounds um, great. Uh, by the way, thank you to everyone for the kind words for last week's special episode. Apparently, oh, it was yeah, decent. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because we got people more reaction yeah. than normal about how wonderful that was. So... Yeah, somebody suggested we should write a book on that topic. Yeah, did you and, like my? You came up. Did you like my title? I loved your title. Your title was so. It would be the perfect follow up for us from Killing Marketing, right? Which would be uh, what was it? It was useless, useless, useless mar- marketing yeah, advice. Andy, Andy was nice enough to send a note and say, "Yeah, you guys should write another book based on you know your ten things for audience building, or whatever." And I said, "If Robert and I write another book, it's going to be called Useless Marketing Advice." I love that title so much. And I actually it's, think that would be a bad <laughs> that pro, that's the most appropriate title for for our It is. For our, that was obviously it our is. third book together on marketing. Yeah. Oh my it, god. It's so great. And what a what a what a way to, you know, to have the trip tick, right? You know, managing content marketing, killing marketing, useless marketing. Useless advice. marketing is and the, <laughs> the last one would be <laughs> the most fulfilling yeah. for everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's what's so great. It's so great. It brings it all. It it basically brings it. It you know the rug. It pulls everything together. It just pulls everything together. Ah, uh, that's my that's my Lebowski joke for the day. Okay, let's get started here and let's talk about ByteDance because that company hasn't been enough in the news. Um, and here's the thing: a new platform, Lemon Eight. Uh, is not a new platform, but uh, it is actually new to the U.S. And we'll link to a couple of things in the show notes here. One is a ZDNet article, which is a really nice sort of primer on what the platform is. And it starts off by saying, over the last month, TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, has been pushing its Instagram-like app to the U.S. social media scrollers. Lemon 8, that's Lemon with a number 8, by the way, is a video and photo sharing social media platform catering to users' interests in food, beauty, wellness, and travel. Lemonade is not a new app. It's just new to the U.S. Still a week after it blew up, uh, which was last week, by the way, the app is number one in the App Store for lifestyle apps. The number one spot in this category is a big jump from an app that never reached the top 200 in the U.S. prior to last month. Online, specifically on TikTok, social media influencers have described the app as if Instagram and Pinterest had a baby. (laughs) Right. <laughs> what do you do with that? Okay. Yeah, I don't even know what I'm going to I don't know what I'm going to do with that. Oh, anyway, with each influencer echoing the words of another and a report from the New York Times confirmed that ByteDance paid influencers and gave them specific guidelines to post on the app and promote the app. So it goes on to describe what is uh, Lemonade and sort of a, a nice primer on it. And then the other article that we'll link to is an Axios article that talks about the surge in membership which opens up by saying the new mobile app from TikTok, uh, ByteDance, is gaining traction despite growing national security concerns around uh, ByteDance's China ties. And basically, uh, the app, which caters to a Gen Z audience, says Axios, features a mix of TikTok-like videos and Instagram-like photos. Uh, So anyway, uh, (laughs) seems like it's growing. I have not tried it yet. I don't know if you have, but I know you're getting a lot of you're getting a lot of questions about it from your I've had content a few, creator yeah, audience. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've had a, I've had a few people, and uh, I have a, a contract uh, contact at the drum that reaches out to me all the time and wanted my feedback on what I thought of ByteDance's Lemon Eight app, and I was like, I have no idea what this is. I have to look into, it. and that's where I started to to go down the rabbit hole and see what's going on. What's really interesting to me is they they are they seem to be going directly after Instagram with this move. And if you if you remember, like when we were talking about Instagram trying to figure out what TikTok TikTok is doing with their algorithm, and they have morphed Instagram into what an, the old Instagram plus the new TikTok, and it's not worked for them. And if you look at any of the statistics, Instagram's sort of waning a little bit in popularity. Well, TikTok says, well, we're we're not just going to go after Instagram by adding still photos, we're going to create something completely different and new. 
And they, they've done that with Lemon 8, and so you can do still photos. They're just focusing on um, certain categories, lifestyle categories, as you talked about. But what's interesting is, is if you're a creator, you can tag like where you bought something and how much it was. And I really think this is a fu- looks like a future e-commerce play. Big time. I don't know what the the revenue component ultimately will be. I don't think that they know, but it's been what installed in the U.S. six hundred fifty thousand times in just the past week. Um, it's supposed to like officially like big big launch in May, uh, even though it's been around since twenty twenty, and I think New Zealand and Japan or whatever the case is. Uh, I I think TikTok is doing two things. They're going after this opportunity from this Wayne and Instagram, and I, I think that's it. And also they're combating this whole. China bite dance thing. And I think by diversifying, I think that's a play for them. I don't know what you think. Uh, I think, I, I think they are going to need to tread very lightly here because the more, the more splashy news they make, the more likely it is they're going to get, they're going to get, you know, just hammered because I think it's quite likely uh, that bite dance is going to get bitten as it were. Um, by the U.S. government and, and get TikTok banned or somehow s- spun off. And if the idea is that Lemonade is going to be sort of, you know, okay, because for some for some reason it doesn't have the same, quote-unquote, algorithm control or ties to the Chinese, you know, government or anything like that, I think they're kidding themselves. I mean, I think this is... I think what they're doing is they're being very successful... Uh, it's to me, you know, because you can see this now happening. I don't know how, how much you consume content on TikTok, but um, this what I have seen on TikTok of late are the ones that are influencers, the ones that are clearly doing this to show what they've purchased and make recommendations with affiliate marketing or you know do those kinds of of of, of content creation. Many of them now will sign off by saying, "Oh, and come follow me on Instagram." Because they they're kind of aware, okay. right? It, it has it, it it's noticeably increased the numbers who are saying, "Hey, come follow me on Instagram." So I think this is ByteDance being smart, I suppose, and saying, "Hey, listen, we need to get there's if this goes the way that we think it's going to go, we need a softer place for these people to land other than Instagram because we're going to lose them." And so by marketing themselves to these influencers who make their money on you know, in, and mostly the, 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 you know, the, the categories here are no accident, right? Food, travel, beauty. These are the ones where the money is when it comes to the, the, the influencer and content creators. And if they can go to those content creators and say, hey, listen, there's an alternative that's not Instagram uh, where you don't have to get signed up with Meta. You can come and stay with us and we'll integrate nicely and we'll play nicely with TikTok and all those kinds of things. Because remember, they'll have the ability to do migration tools or help, you know, facilitate a changeover that that uh, that Meta and and or uh, Twitter or anybody won't have. Right. So I get it. I get why they're doing it. I just I don't think it's going to be a thing. I guess that's my point ultimately yeah i don't know i i've I've been reading up on a couple articles that said that there's a lot of pro tiktok creators and influencers that have been you know sort of helping tiktok bite dance fight this battle yeah and i think that that's working i think that that's starting to um create a i don't it's not sympathy or empathy or anything like that but i i think that it's making government officials think twice about that there's a number of americans that don't want to lose this thing obviously i mean the thing it's just it's such a crazy thing because i don't i'm not getting political here but i believe that you that it can be weaponized i don't know if they ever would use it but it can be just by sentiment if an if 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 we are if we are having a, a sort of cold war right now the u.s versus china this is an issue and so they're saying okay we've got tiktok here we're going to uh have our own influencers kind of step up for us. So great. So that's, that's starting to work. And then also we're going to diversify and create this other thing called lemonade. And you know what? There's going to be something else comes out too. And there, I mean, it's, it's an interesting way to, to fight an information war. 
and they're going at it this way and and I don't think they're losing this battle right now and and with with the disarray that's going on in the US Congress I don't know if they're ever going to get their act together and be able to do anything about it it just seems to be happening they're just not moving fast right. enough in my opinion yeah you may you may be right you may be right on on that score that 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 you know <laughs> anybody putting their money on the US government and and specifically Congress because there are wonderful, wonderful, amazingly thoughtful people who work for the U.S. government who do things every day. Um, as we talked about you know, two weeks ago on the show about uh, you know the Silicon Valley Bank and and uh, FDIC and and very thoughtful people coming in who have very thoughtful and nuanced and complex ideas about handle handle very difficult things. Our Congress is not one of those places, um, certainly right now. So they're not built. The to get, that, they're not built to move fast or to get things done. It's <laughs> that's what the founding fathers did. They well, made it so complicated that nothing would really ever get done. They just wanted to keep, yeah. keep it the way it yeah, is. Yeah, I think there's. I think there's a. There's. I mean, this. That's a whole different discussion, obviously. But but it's that's. It, it's there's no incentive. Let's put it that way. There's no incentive for them to do anything other than do things that appeal to their base right now, right? There's no, there's zero incentive for any, any of the Congress folks to stick their neck out and, and do things that are going to be unpopular, um, which is just a, you know, it's a, it's more of a, a sad state of our, 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 the state of divided politics right now than anything else. But um, the coming back to the topic though at hand, which is this, I don't see how they can't, I don't see how they ban TikTok, but then let Lemonade stay. I just don't. I don't see how they would they would allow that, right? I mean, it's going to be the ban is going to be on anything ByteDance does, right? You know, you can't. You know, you can't all of a sudden rename this. Oh, TikTok is banned, so we have ByteDance has a new solution, and it's called um, TikTok. Yes, there you go. It's not TikTok at all. It's very different. It's only photos, not uh, not videos. <laughs> You're right. You it know, is, it's pretty, uses the same algorithm and everything. I mean, it's right. I mean, very what if what if what if Lemonade becomes a big thing and everybody's like, oh, sure, it's Lemonade. It's it's just like Instagram. Fine, great. And then ByteDance goes, hey, we're going to introduce this new thing in Lemonade called you know vertical scrolling, where you can actually scroll from video to video, and it'll suggest content that you might like, and it becomes you know duplicative to tiktok and it's like no they're gonna it's gonna they're gonna ban everything coming out of there you know and by the way that comes back to the how broad and and by the way i was by uh, not to throw myself up on a stage or anything but there was an article i almost sent it over to you uh and haven't yet that sort of bolstered my whole argument about how broad and stupid the bill was because it basically covered everything and you know, so we're not the only ones saying that, by the way, that how dumb this bill is. But um, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't see how they, I think it's interesting. I don't know how it's very different than Instagram, honestly, from a features and functionality standpoint. But I do see how it would be, it would provide a very soft landing place for those on TikTok that don't want to lose their audience. Yeah, I mean, I look at it almost like, I don't know how how long this thing is going to draw out. But if you if you were TikTok and you said, if we continue to launch these little things and become more indispensable to this audience of Americans, it's going to be harder when they try to ban us. People will get very upset. And that's what, I mean, that that's the play that U.S. congressmen are probably concerned about because sure. most of their constituents are on TikTok. And if they wake up or they're in the middle of the night and they want to do some scrolling and TikTok's not there, they're going to be mad. And they're going to say, you got rid of my TikTok. I'm not voting for you next time. I mean, I don't know. I'm making this up, but I could see that happening. (laughs) Yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's crazy. I just, I'm also concerned about the fact that this is, Lemon 8 is, it happened specifically because Instagram's mission has wandered. And they are all over the place oh, right no now. No doubt about that. Model. Yeah, no doubt. And about that's that. why yeah. TikTok is very smart strategically and says, ah, there's an opportunity here because what is Instagram today? That's right. That's right. That, I think that's the only place I differ with you is I think the main part of the strategy here is a soft place to land from TikTok for their users. Um, because I think it won't be long. Maybe and maybe it'll happen as soon as the big May launch that we'll see. Lemonade will launch with a big thing saying basically, 
if you're on TikTok, you should be on Lemonade, basically, because if you're an influencer, it's sort of a the you know, super curated level of TikTok is if you're an influencer and you're not on Lemonade and TikTok, then you're missing out. So they'll get all these influencers to start putting all their eggs in the Lemonade basket. Um, oh, that made, that was kind of funny. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> your Lemonade you know, basket, oh my God. Oh, all, the, all your eggs in the Lemonade basket. There you go. That's, 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 the, there you, there's your show there you uh, title. Um, all right. Anyway. Um, you got anything else on this? Or no, no, no. I think that we should. We've definitely killed this one. We we yeah. <laughs> we squeezed this lemon. There we go. We've we've made lemonade out of lemonade. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now we go on to uh, from lemonade to beer. Uh, this Bud Light is uh, having some challenges uh, here with this. Uh, there, I mean. You can't have missed this. This has been on every yeah. television news, every streaming news, every every newspaper. If you've, so if you've missed this somehow, uh, the link we'll put in the show notes is to MarketWatch, but uh, uh, ultimately it's everywhere. And the headline from MarketWatch is Bud Light Draws Backlash After Promoting Trans Activist Dylan Mulvaney, But Marketing Pros Say It's a Smart Move. Uh, in 20 years, concerns like this are going to be laughed at, said one marketing expert. Well, Kid Rock de- begs to differ. Such a great subheadline. Um, anyway, when trans activist and actress uh, Dylan Mulvaney shared this past weekend on social media that she was fe- featured in a Bud Light Bud promotion, it prompted transphobic backlash from many conservative commentators and fans of the beer alike. One commentator wrote, Who the hell at Bud Light thought it was a good idea to make a grown man who dresses like little girls their new spokesperson? And Kid Rock, the musical artist known for his conservative views. <laughs> that's, oh my God. I love the fact that he's known for his conservative views instead of his music. Yeah, made his opinion about the situation abundantly clear. He posted a tweet with a video that showed him shooting up some cases of Bud Light with a machine gun. He ended up the video by saying, you know, fuck Bud Light. All right. Is Kid, so, is Kid Rock like a younger Ted Nugent? I mean, is that sort of... Are they the think, same person? I think, I think he, oh, there's so many jokes there. <laughs> I'm just going to I'm going to resist. I'm going to resist going from that. Please do. Um, Anyway, the article goes on that basically says that, you know, this isn't the first time the brand has found itself in such a situation. Um, You know, and then they talk about how Hershey's uh, basically got a similar response after its Canadian division featured a trans woman as part of a campaign. Other brands have had similar uh, ideas. Um, And basically, the article finishes up by talking about how marketing experts say, look, this is... You know, this is good. The, the, the controversy here is ultimately good and that they understand that they may offend some customers along the way and all of that. Um, I, I definitely have a small take here, but I would, I would love to get yours if you, if you have such a thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm under the assumption that the smart folks at Anheuser-Busch did an audience analysis here. And they you looked, think? <laughs> they said, <laughs> all right, uh, our current audience are older, mostly white men. And uh, and how do we need to go after a new audience, or should we just cater to the old audience? Now they they obviously still do with most of ninety nine percent of their advertising spend goes after their current audience of Bud Light drinking connoisseurs, so that's fine. And then they're testing out some new areas, and they've been doing this for a while, leveraging a bunch of influencers to see if there's a new audience of younger, more liberal folks that want to actually consume Bud Light. I don't, it, it, seems like a, it seems like a reasonable thing to do if you're in the marketing department. So I, I think this is not going to affect anything. I think this is just what people are talking about here, but I'm, I'm interested to hear what your take is. I think this is probably one of the. I think this may go down as one of the genius marketing moves of 2023. Oh, right? let's let, I, let's hear. Uh, well, uh, first of all, the amount of discussion that they're getting out of this, the amount of free discussion that they're getting out of this, is just absolutely incredible. Like the earned media alone on this is worth the controversy. Um, you know, and. Let's just be honest here. Bud Light, not known for being one of the more, you know, high-end connoisseur-oriented brands of AB InBev. Let's also be clear that 
in all these viral videos that are coming out from, you know, and, and I use the word viral video in quotes here from Travis Tritt or Kid Rock or any of the other knuckleheads who are out there going, all right, tough guy. Okay. Okay. Tough guy with your machine gun at the lake at the estate yeah. that you own that you're such a working class hero of, you know, it's like, okay. All right, big guy. You know, let's be honest that the, they open up their, their, their refrigerator to pull out all their, you know, to make a big viral video of pulling out all their Bud Light. And what you see in the, what do you see in the, the, as a replacement? Well, it's Bush beer or Corona or Michelob or any of the other 18 other beer brands that AB InBev own, <laughs> you know, it's the same company. And basically it, all of whom have had in varying degree, either packaging, initiatives, campaigns that have uh, tried to attract the LGBTQ crowd, right? So this is there. This was well thought through, I can guarantee you. I mean, there, I saw some headline where they were dispelling some big myth that was trying to go around, some meme that goes around that said that uh, Anheuser-Busch had fired their marketing staff uh, over over this. And of course, the, the, the articles that came out said, no, that's exactly not true. And I would actually hazard a guess to say that they did the exact opposite. They probably gave that marketing team a promotion because this is just, this is, this is getting this conversation going is great for the LGBTQ community. It's great for Anheuser-Busch and it just makes the others look like a bunch of knuckleheads. I mean, it's just, it's just that simple. So you, so you, you believe that this was an anticipated response I absolutely they were believe to this get was an anticip- I I absolutely believe this was well, I'm not sure they may I'm not sure that they hoped Do you for think that they the put a couple speech. cases of Bud Light outside Kid Rock's mansion in Michigan? Do you think that that, that was I the think, thing? I I I, I <laughs> it's perfect, right? I mean, I think they look at that and go, that's one of the best commercials we're ever going to have, right? I mean, that's it's just a great ad. Plus, he had you to know, buy for, the Bud Light. For Bud Light. I mean, if I'm the marketing guy, I'm yes, like, yes, that's like, exactly he had to go right. He had to go out and buy a couple cases of Bud Light. Light. This is the best in ever. To, in order to shoot it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I, don't I care if I you can't drink wait. it. I can't wait for the next F Bud Light video coming out of Kid Rock because he's got to go out and buy a yeah. couple more cases. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh my God. And the bars I'm seeing now that there's, you know, there are bars that are coming out and saying, we're going to end our, you know, we're going to end our relationship with uh, Bud Light. It's like, really? You're going to end your relationship with Anheuser-Busch? Really? That's what you're going to do? Really? Okay. Good luck with that. I hope that goes well for you. You know, it's just a... It's a really good point. Anyway. But no, and you make a really good point where I honestly think that most people don't understand that all these brands are under the same owner like i i oh, really yeah. don't think they they know oh I'll just go have bush <laughs> this yeah. is like yeah. or corona bush, man yeah or Same corona company. or modello right corona or modello right the also an ab InBev company right it's like and corona's done a ton of stuff with the lgbtq community and so and snoop know, dog it's just so there's that yeah and snoop dog right i mean it's like uh, you know, it's it, anyway. It's 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 pure silliness, and I think it's genius marketing, and I I applaud it. I mean, it it goes that we've said this many times on our best practices show before, where one of my you know one of my the things that I tell my clients all the time is that in order to be right for someone, you have to be willing to be wrong with someone, and these they're picking exactly the right crowd to be wrong for. You know, that's it's it's it's. It's just no, you're right. Notch. As, as you Anne Hanley yeah. has said, if your content is for everybody, it's for nobody. I mean, it that's is, it. Yeah, very, very important. So you want it. You do want an enemy. So it really works exactly. out much better that way. Yeah, and they don't even need to be. They don't even to look at it as an enemy, right? They're just like, wow, you know, really sorry you feel that way. Buy some more and shoot it up. Yeah, we don't care if you drink it. Just buy it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, oh, it's just it's good comedy. Good, good, good comedy. Stuff. Thank you, Kid Rock, okay. for your oh, service. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, thank you, Kid Rock, for your service, right? And Travis Tritt. Yeah, there's, there's two. Yeah, Travis Tritt. He's, brain trust. I haven't heard, heard if he's been recording anything lately, so I don't know. I mean, I knew he was big yeah. 10, 10, 20 years ago, but anyway. Yeah. It's, anyway. He's no Dan and oh, Shay, so. No. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. Oh, gosh, no. All right, next. All right, yeah, let's move on here to our uh, little artificial intelligence segment, of course. Uh, some very interesting articles. I mean, look, there's a lot of going on in AI right now, and 
there's just no way. I mean, we could spend you know entire shows covering just what's going on in AI. But two articles that sort of sprang up uh, this last week uh, sort of caught our attention. Uh, one is a video coming from Hank Green, who, of course, anybody in content marketing has known Hank for uh, a number of years, um, YouTube creator. Uh, and he is worried about artificial intelligence and talks about the coming AI invasion uh, in the video he posted to YouTube, which, of course, we'll link to in the show notes. And uh, he talks about the idea of, you know, AI is going to invade and, and he's, you know, he's concerned about it. Um, and so it'll be really interesting, uh, Joe, to get your take on this. The other uh, article that we'll cover, <clears throat> excuse me is coming out of Morning Brew, and this is, the headline here is, Can AI Defame You? Uh, And this is coming out of Australia, where uh, we're, as the article says, we're about to find out whether AI's hallucinations are more than just a bad trip. Uh, A mayor in Australia is gearing up to file the world's first defamation lawsuit over statements made by ChatGPT. ChatGPT claimed the mayor of Hepburnshire, Brian Hood, the most Australian of all names, uh, served in prison over a bribery scandal linked to the Reserve Bank of Australia. And, well, he did not. Not only was he never sent to prison, but Hood was actually the whistleblower who helped take down the actual guilty parties in that bribery scandal. So Hood lawyered up, and his lawyer sent a letter of concern to OpenAI late last month. Under Australian law, the company has 28 days from receiving the letter to fix the issue, or Hood can take the company to court for defamation. And he's not alone, says the article. Uh, It could create major liabilities for OpenAI and other bot backers. This is not an isolated incident. And so basically it goes on to explain some of the other incidents there and then sort of finishes up. Fascinating kind of a pairing of what's going on with uh, AI. What uh, What's your take on either or both of these things? Yeah, I mean, we continue to talk about this Wild West period that we're in, that there's no rules, there's no regulations, there's just a lot of stuff coming out. We're in, like, AI crazy mode or something. I just thought that John Green's example, basically what he talks about is if he was a, you know, he talks about a 14-year-old kid from Orlando getting... Uh, I think it's Meta's leaked AI code and using that and creating all sorts of things from it. And he said, if that was today, that would be me. He says, I I would be doing that stuff. I'm sure there's a lot of people doing that stuff. There's crazy things that are going to happen. I don't really know what he wanted to do with his warning, like what his whole thing was, other than the fact that just to prepare his audience, uh, Green's audience, for a, a... a craziness for the next 12 to 24 to 36 months. It's just going to get nuts. And I think with the other one, similar to web three, where all the money's going to be made by the, the, by the lawyer lawyers and attorneys, there's going to be so many lawsuits. We, we won't even be able to figure out what's going on. We haven't figured out anything. This even with the last, you know, two episodes ago, we were just, we were talking about copyright and trademark and things. We don't know anything about, trying to figure out what it's going to be and and the answers are not forthcoming it's it's just interesting the way that goes so here we are just yeah. just buckle up is what i would say yeah well i think that's i think that's i think that's right you know i think the thing that and it's interesting because you and i didn't talk about what our take on the on hanks uh but i had a very similar take which was it's the same thing that kind of bugs me about um it, it's the same thing that bugged me about the letter that came from you know Elon Musk and Wozniak. Oh, to and put the, it back in the bottle. Thirteen, yeah, to, yeah, thirteen thousand other academics out there. Well, it's not the put it. It's not the pause, right? So forget the pause for a minute because that's just unrealistic and and uh, you know not going to happen. But it's the and and somebody else, uh, friend and family, of the show sent me another podcast. Um, it's a four hour podcast of one of the. Uh, you know, one of the the highest level sort of AI thinkers, and I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head, but, um, uh, you know, out there who's also sort of talking about this is the end of humanity, right? And and it's this thing that's really got me bugged, right? Which is the hair on fire. This is the, I I mean, I'm not even joking when the, the, the person on this podcast talks about that it will kill every single human on earth. Like, yeah, you're talking about like yelling fire in a movie theater type of mentality. I I just think it's, you know, with that, well, it's yelling fire without a, it's yelling fire in a movie theater without having any, uh, uh, you know, without having any guidance of where we should exit the building. Yeah. 
right? It's in other words, it's this. Oh, it's bad. It's real bad. You know. And, you know. <laughs> oh, I do declare. It's what real is? Bad. This? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who the impression that is, but it's something where it's really, really bad. Um, maybe Catherine. That's Hepburn? A, I don't know. That's Catherine anyway. Hepburn all the way. Yeah. Nice impression. But, but yeah. then, but it's like, okay, well, what do you suggest we do about it? Oh, I don't know. You know. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, 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 no, there are no, you know, there, there's no sort of like, it, 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 you're either sort of on this hair on fire, everything's going to explode and we need to, we need to, because the, 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 the podcast that I started listening to, this four hour podcast, he's not suggesting that we pause it, he's suggesting that we ban it full stop. And there are there are those out there that are suggesting the same thing, like, it, like it just needs to be banned full, full stop this, this idea because kids will get a hold of it and nefarious people will get a hold of it and, you know, untoward governments will get a hold of it and, and, and all these kinds of things. And I think that's just, it's not a, it's not a productive conversation. Um, the conversation that we, there are many nuanced, complex and hard conversations we need to have, including, by the way, whether or not chat GPT or AI can actually defame someone, which seems not, you know, seems kind of ridiculous to me. Um, but the the all of those conversations need to be had, but they need to be had in the context of it's happening. This is not stopping. This is this is this is going to happen and is happening. And so the question is, how do we get thoughtful conversation and and how do we hold both of those things in our head at the same time? Right. It's the conversation. Uh, Galloway actually talked about this, which I thought was interesting, where he said, you know, it's the conversation we didn't have when social media emerged, right? When social media emerged, we didn't have the long, thoughtful conversation about what it would mean for teens and what it yep. would mean for, you know, the, our, our, you know, our mental health and, and, and all those kinds of things, even though people were talking about it. It wasn't that nobody was talking about mental health and social media and addiction and, 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 and technology uh, challenges and all of these kinds of things. We were having those conversations. They were just, we didn't have them at a very high level. So I'm glad there is a spurring of having the conversation, but at the same time, I'm like, let's, let's, can we, you know, can we tone down the rhetoric just a little bit so that we can have this in a meaningful way without, without talking about, you know, the idea that the Terminator is going to come down and try and take us all out. It's just nice to, to take the other side or to think about the, I mean, I, I, the thing that I'm tired about, and I know you've seen it on LinkedIn all the time, it's the, oh my God, if you're not using, if you're not using AI as part of your writing creative process, you are missing out. And, and I'm so good and I'm doing all these. And that's fine. Good for you. But you can yeah. do your process a million ways that don't include AI or you can. And right. It's just, that's exactly. I just I, it's the all or nothing thing that kills me. It's like, oh, for yeah, those of you I mean, that I, haven't gotten involved in ChatGPT, it's okay. You don't it's have okay to. It's okay that you haven't. Absolutely. You don't have to. If you'd it's like to experiment okay. a little bit, great. Go do it. Figure it out. It's why I, it's why I when I was on that uh, that AI thing for Marketing AI Institute, I said, I'm so tired of seeing the headline, you know, AI won't replace you, but somebody using AI will. It's like, God, that is bullshit. It is just so that I mean, that's just, that's just not even, you know. I mean, I got into a Facebook debate with somebody um, over the weekend that sort of had that had that you know and was concerned that you know thousands of jobs would be, you know, eradicated with AI and that we should ban AI. And then there was somebody else who was debating, no, you've got to let, you know, you've got to let people, the technology fly and it will create more jobs than it will destroy. And that's the sort of debate that they're having, which is, it's not the right question, right? It's, it, we, you know, all of these things are complex and nuanced but we need to be asking the right questions, which is how is it going to change us? Not how it's going to replace us, but how is it going to change what we do? Because we can make the decisions about these things. But if we do it rationally and in a nuanced and thoughtful way, it will, it will, we won't, you know, we certainly won't eliminate all the risks, but we can certainly mitigate a lot of them if we just stop having the hair on fire conversations and instead have the sort of all right, well, let's talk about what this really means, right? What does it really mean? And yeah, it's the, it's the conversation I, I hope we can continue to yeah. have. Yeah, and, and these, the, these issues we have are so nuanced. There's so many factors to them. It's not just one, it's not just AI. 
It's not just this one chat GPT. It's a, there's a right. whole lot of things going on. It's almost like I know some people that watch the news, very alarmist. It's like, oh my God, this happened. It's the end of the world. What are we going to do? I'm like, we're going to stop watching the news and your life will be a lot better. That's what we're going to do. So, yep. Yep. Anyways, crazy. No doubt about it. Crazy. crazy. All I'm picturing is well, all these naysayers look like Catherine Hepburn to me right now. That's the problem I'm having. There it is. Yeah. I don't want AI. <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't even do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right what do we have is that uh, rants and raves time we, we got some rants yeah we got some rants and raves here for uh for as we get as we get toward the end of the show here and before we get to those things just uh, a quick reminder you can get over to this old marketing.site where you can subscribe to joe's amazing newsletter uh and don't have to listen to his hoarse voice uh, as you read his lovely words uh, you can also link on over to our Experience Advisors community, which is uh, a little fun. We're having some fun there with a, also with a newsletter and also with a little Discord uh, thing going on. And or you can generally immerse yourself in the 370 hours of chuckle-headed goodness that we have on past episodes of this weird little show. And of course, we want those show notes. Um, you know, that uh, slowed down on Twitter. I don't know if I'm not seeing them because because you're not on I'm Twitter. Getting, Maybe that's yeah, well. No, I'm on Twitter, but uh, we've seen a slow, real slowdown in terms of show ideas on the hashtag. Uh, but we have seen an uptick of those of you suggesting uh, show ideas through the email, through the voicemail. We love getting those. By the way, it's so much fun to hear your voice uh, and uh, and hear back from you and get the show ideas or 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 as Annie said, you know, suggesting a, a book that we should write and all those kinds of things. Anyway, all those story ideas. Send us hashtag us up. Do all the things on Twitter that you want to do. Tell us a story. Recite a poem. Uh, send us a note. All those things are more than welcome. So uh, I, I've got a rant. Um, do you want me to go first, or shall you go first? I'll go. Do you need, Mine's do you need very a moment? Quick. Mine's very quick, yeah. and then I'm going to sit <laughs> yeah. back, rest my voice, okay. and listen to you rant in the style of Catherine Hepburn. That's what <laughs> I'm hoping for. Okay, so mine is... Um, so first of all, thanks to Ruth Carter for sending this clip on to me. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh, who you know that I've got a man crush on, and John Kander were on The Late Night with Stephen Colbert this week. Um, there's a three-minute clip, and I'll put this in the show notes, that I think every content creator should watch. Basically, Miranda and Kander are working with each other on a new musical called New York, New York. Do you know anything about that? Have you seen it? I do not. Okay. No, I didn't I know about it either, which is probably why they're on Colbert to promote it. Um, and they were talking about how they would be chatting, and then an hour would go by, and they just created something. Miranda says they are working, and something begins to happen and then says, this exists now. Like they've created something. It's a really you know, powerful scene on how two creators, especially one that they're two, three generations apart. It's really amazing to see those two work with each other. And then, then Candor goes on and says that one of the great things about making stuff is that something is now there that wasn't there before. And it really gives him a thrill as a creator to, to, to be in this business of, making things out of nothing. Anyways, I watched it a couple times and I basically felt lucky. Lucky is probably the best word to use about the opportunity to create things like you and I get an opportunity. Like we've like good or bad. We've just created this show. <laughs> Which I don't know if that is good or bad actually, but it wasn't there before we have created something around art. And, uh, and, and so I feel lucky that we're able to do this. And um, especially when, you know, we, we don't have a huge audience, but we've got a, a lovely, loyal audience. And if we can positively affect that group of people, even one group, of, of even one person with what we do, I feel lucky about it. So anyways, I saw this uh, and I was it was nice to see two creators sitting on a couch talking about their creative process. So I'll put it in the show notes so everybody can, can see it. It's... It's such an important point, and, and I mean, you know, not to not to draw it back into the AI discussion or anything, but it is it's such an it, it that is such a uh, an important point. Somebody on social media posted um, this question, which was basically, you know, if it, it if this if people enjoy it as much, uh, what's the difference of whether it's created by a human or humans or an AI? And my answer to that was, well, there's nothing different unless you don't, unless you assume that the human is part of the value. 
In other words, if you don't put the human as part of the value, then then it doesn't provide any. But me, I I value the human creator and the creative process as much as I do the output, right? In other words, I like a Stephen King novel because it came from Stephen King. I like the you know Lin Manuel Miranda play because I know it came from his creative process. Yeah. I like Joe Polizzi books because I know you wrote them. And I know, and, and I've know, you know, I've come to have a, you know, a relationship with those brands, those creator brands. So they are worth more to me because the creator created them. How they create them is, is independent of that. And I think that's such an important point when you're, when you're talking about the creative process of those two people, part of your enjoyment of what you enjoy out of the creations that they make are the fact that they, you know a little bit more about their creative process mm-hmm. now and that they did it, right? That it was them who did it. And I, I just think that that means the world. And it's why I have every, you know, when we say you don't have to get into chat GPT or if you do great, you know, whatever you end up doing, but it's the value is in you. The value is in you and your, A, your enjoyment in the creation of the thing, and two, the value that you bring to the creation, to the consumption of it. So, you know, it's interesting. Something I just thought of, and it's sort of on the same wavelength, but I know a person that has been writing on LinkedIn doing some really good things that I found out recently doesn't do any of their own LinkedIn posts. And I was sort of, and I don't pay attention to that person anymore now. Because it does it like I'm looking for the human being part of it. Exactly. And uh, it's interesting. We had our, our uh, private NFT community meeting uh, last week with Jay, Jay Klaus. And Jay was talking about how he's so active on Twitter and LinkedIn and whatever. And I asked him that question. I said, do you do all your own social media? And he said, yes. I said, thank you for that. I think that's important. Um because I and so we're talking about AI. It's the same thing. It's important to me to know that that human being was involved in that content creation process. So yep. Anyways, hundred percent. Anyway, hundred percent. All right. And what's your All what's right. your rant? Quick, yeah, sir? quick rant. Yeah, quick rant here, uh, which is basically on <laughs> shock of all shocks, Twitter. Um, so. I had a really interesting little un, un I guess unplanned experiment, right? Because I uh when I came back to Twitter, I had to change my header image and change my uh profile, right? Because I had put on all my Mastodon links and blah 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 and I changed that. Because I did that, I lost my blue check. Um, because their policy is now that if you change your profile or your name or your header image, you're, you're gonna be, your account's going to be reviewed before they give you the blue check back. Okay. Um, I don't know if they apply that to everybody, but they certainly applied it to me. So I got the benefit of looking at Twitter without the blue check for about a week and then looking at the Twitter with the blue check for a week. Um, and so I've had it back for the last week and a half or so, the blue check. And and we'll link to this in the show notes. So this week, uh, Musk basically came out and said, we've launched uh, anybody who has a blue check. will see half the amount of ads that other people see, right? And it'll, you know, it'll differ, it'll range, et cetera, et cetera. But basically, you're not, you're going to get better reach and you're going to get, you know, this wonderful reach that you don't get otherwise in organic and you're going to see half the ad. So that's the benefit of getting a blue check. And there's been tons and tons of, press and you know the new york times very famously said we're not going to sign up for our blue check you know we're not going to pay the thousand dollars a month to get a blue check and uh, so there's a whole conversation to have around there but what i did was i actually went through my stats with the blue check because i found it interesting because as i was going through my now renewed uh twitter feed and sort of i've been started posting again and you know getting on by the way it's all me it's i am the poster of the my twitter feed blah 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 and so I looked at 100 tweets in the For You and the following tabs, right? So the two sort of main Twitter feeds. So the For You, which is supposedly, that's all algorithmically driven. We've known that for a while now. But out of the last 100 tweets, 46% of the last 100 tweets in my For You were not, I didn't follow them. So I didn't follow those people. Okay, fine. Of those 46%, so almost half of the 100 tweets were basically, uh, not from followers in the for you category. Almost half of those were in some way MAGA, political, uh, religious, or in some other way inflammatory posts. 
just just as a stat point, just as a, okay. a static point. So they're people I've purposely curated out of my feed, to be honest, because I don't give a crap about any of that. So I've purposely curated them out, but they're back, right? They're back now in in you know, uh, in 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 large order. Twenty three percent were ads, so twenty three of the hundred tweets were ads or promoted posts. So make of that what you will, but holy smokers, if you don't have a blue check and you forty six percent of your you know your your feed is now ads, that would be crazy. Thirty uh, percent, then that remains thirty percent are people that I'm following in the for you, which is interesting. That takes me over to the the following, right? So remember, in following, basically it should be your feed of all your people you follow, right? Which it is. Uh, I'll be honest. It, so out of the so out of the hundred tweets, so everybody that posted there was following. But I started to notice something weird about it, and I'm like, what? What is? I don't. I don't and and then it took me a second to realize that. Of the 100 tweets that I looked at in my following tab, 60% of them were retweets of somebody that I followed promoting something that's some, from somebody I didn't. In other words, they were, you know, you should read this book and then a link to the Amazon or you should, uh, you should you know, come to this event or, you know, and it was all retweets. 60% of them were retweets, which I, sound, I just found that fascinating. And then 5% of them were ads, so a much lower ad rate in my following. Uh, and then 35% were people that I follow, just regular old tweeting stuff. So, it's, so basically, in my For You, both tabs together, For You and Following, basically 30, uh, 35% and 30% respectively are people that I'm interested in their content. And that's... that's it's. It, I mean, it just it just shows you how what a shit show the 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 Twitter feed has become, in my view. So, I, that's that's my rant. Wow, that was extensive analysis on that one. Yeah, I don't know how extensive it was. I mean, I literally just counted and got an Excel <laughs> spreadsheet together, but you know, it wasn't that much. And it's a hundred tweets. I you know, I, who knows how it'll shape over time. I mean, it was a random one hundred tweets, just you know, and I did them both at the same, roughly the same time, within you know an hour of each other, but. It's just, you know, if I, I just felt like my Twitter feed was just like off. It just didn't feel right anymore. It just doesn't feel good anymore. I'm not, you know, I'm not learning anything. I'm not, I'm not seeing the same kinds of tweets that I saw before. And, and where I am, they're from very, you know, uh, the, the same voices, you know, over and over and over and over again. You know, um, I will say I am not having the experience what a lot of people are having, which is that, you know, they see a lot of Elon because I don't follow Elon, but I don't see a lot of Elon. I saw one in that hundred tweet. There was one Elon post. So, yeah, it's interesting. Like even with, I always get the most recent people that I follow in my feed. That's I see that all the time, and I have been seeing way more ads. I would totally agree with that one. Yeah, and uh, like even I'm scrolling through it now just to look at it, and every what five posts is a promoted. Which is a yeah, lot. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So kind of nuts. But. Yeah. That would be that would be about where I am, 23%. Yeah. So one out of one out of every five. Yeah. Basically one out of every five posts is an ad. It's like it's like insane. Yeah. I th- and the other thing is it's it's just like any social platform. If you really want to get visibility on that platform, you've really you gotta work at it significantly. Like you're you're posting every half hour with really good stuff, doing the whole influencer thing and I don't yeah. have the appetite or the time or the need or the want to do that on Twitter. I will, I'm doing that on LinkedIn because I can, I can come up with something once or twice a day and I feel really good about it and I can send that out. Yeah. Yeah. But I, and I can't figure out the, the whole Twitter thing and I'm, I just, I just don't want to do it. Plus, I, I guess I don't feel good about their future is the other thing. That's well. That's it. That, I mean, I guess that's my overall point is that I'm back, but I don't know how long yeah. I'm going to be back. Right. Exactly. I mean, so, you know, I'm sort of I'm, I'm sort of putting the minimal amount of I'm still using it, still looking at it, still look at it for the hashtag, still do some searches on it. I'm still monitoring it um, for my ats and you know people who say nice things or people who challenge me on things or whatever it is. But so I'm still monitoring it, but I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not nearly as excited about it as I used to be for yeah. sure. I'm so it's so it's so that tells me when I start feeling you know if I hate a platform but feel like I need to use it that's one thing or if I love a platform and love to use it that's another thing that's LinkedIn. Um, but if I'm meh about a, a platform that's when I know 
that it's in trouble. You know, because I don't care. Yeah. Like if I'm apathetic about it, that's that's when it's that's you know because I don't right now. If Twitter went away, don't care. Don't 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 care a little bit. Yeah, I don't either. I it wouldn't. Yeah, but I feel the same about TikTok. I'm not on that channel. The only one I would care about is LinkedIn. Yeah, same, same here. And same, I do with LinkedIn. I do I, like I, Facebook I for personal. Oh yeah, Absolutely. Facebook is fun. I, I I'm I'm I have been able to curate my feed on Facebook now, where it's really I'm seeing you know stupid trivia things, reviews of TV shows, reviews of movies, people's kids, the dogs, the sunsets, the cocktails, the you know vacation photos. That's what I want out of Facebook. That's that's what Facebook is for. You know, just dumb stuff, like dumb, fun, engaging stuff from my friends and family. That's like, Facebook, that's, the stupid pet tricks of social yeah, media. Yeah, exactly. That's what I want. That's what I want out of Facebook. <laughs> All right, my yeah. friend, what do you got going on this All week? Right. Uh, well, I got uh, busy, busy, busy. Um, we are in the midst of, of a couple of big deliverables for clients, so it has been uh, good. And then I'm starting to put together my presentation for CEX. Uh, yeah, so I'm doing that and, um, and otherwise enjoying the sunny weather. How about you? It's good, yeah. Um, as this runs, we're going to be two, Feeling better. two weeks. One. Two, yeah, yeah, just about two weeks away from Creator Economy Expo. Remember, if you'd like to come, we'd like to see you there. Use coupon code TOM, all caps, and go to CEX.events. Robert and I will be in Cleveland May 1st to 3rd uh, for an amazing event. Really looking forward to it. And uh, and then, as you know, we recorded earlier this week, I'm I'm having marathon golf craziness in South Carolina. So we'll be I'll be golfing at least 36 holes a day, maybe more. Um, <laughs> the weather's supposed and to be no, good. And more drinking. Just what you need, more drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, that might have put me into this position right now. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying. I'm not going to let it hurt me. I'm not going to get me Push down. through. I'm going to get back up on that bar seat, yeah. and I'm going to try <laughs> when the When the tough get going, the tough get going or more. I don't know. Something, anyway, something, something about like that. that. Oh. All right. Well, then, uh, for both of us, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. And remember, in the meantime, it's your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing.